Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Steelers Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman, Kellen Gursky, and Jacob Recht with you. J.J. Watt has found his home. We're going to talk about that on this episode. We're also going to get into Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson more because I saw some numbers over the weekend of potential cap, dead cap hits if they were to trade them. And wow, they're astonishing. But J.J. Watt announced on Twitter on Monday via himself as the source that he is going to the Arizona Cardinals. Two years, $31 million, 23 of it guaranteed up front. You get this no matter what. You could break your leg tomorrow and you walk away with $23 million. If any Steeler fan out there listening to this thought they had some shot to <laughs> land him, after seeing that money, you should realize that, no, it was never really an option. No, it wasn't, and we said that from the jump. Um, would it be a great story? Would it be, you know, one of those storybook-type things? Yeah, absolutely. But did the Steelers ever have enough money to sign him? Hell no. I, I mean, they got a restructure with uh, maybe the face of the franchise and one of the best players to ever play for the franchise. They couldn't give Ben Roethlisberger $40 million. Do you think they could give J.J. <laughs> Watt half of that? No. no come on. Um, it was never going to happen. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that's, you know, I mean, great for J.J. Watt. He got his money. Um, but really, before, you know, we dive in any more about that, like, when you look at this, like, where did Arizona come from, right? Like, did anyone really think that J.J. That Watt was going to end up in Arizona? Like, it just kind of proves that, like, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about the, the national media or anything like that, but it really proves at the end of the day, like, we don't know anything. Like, when it comes down to, uh, you know, what guys are going to do, where they're going to sign, like, it's all up to J.J. Watt. And he was, I mean, by the way, the way he did it was probably one of the coolest things I've, I've seen in a long no time. Doubt. No Source doubt. Source me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get much cooler than that. But, um, I mean, for J.J., like, no one predicted this. No one thought he was going to go to Arizona. Um, but there he goes, and he's back with DeAndre Hopkins, who obviously has a, a pretty good relationship with. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that he ended up going there was, you know, him and D-Hop were, were really good friends in, in, in Houston, and, and, and um, Hopkins tweeted out to him, like, let's finish what we started. So that's kind of cool. But at the end of the day, like, what does the media know? I mean, Arizona wasn't a favorite to land No him. one even talked about that. Right. No one did. And I think it's a testament to J.J. I mean, he talked today about the lengths he went through to keep this under wraps. And, I mean, kudos to him because no one was talking about Arizona. Everyone was talking Green Bay, Indianapolis, Buffalo, maybe even Cleveland. And now reports coming out like Cleveland, Tennessee, and Indy offered him more money and he took less money to go to Arizona. That makes no sense to me. Why would you go to a team, not the Colts, or the Browns, who I think all three of us think have more potential in the playoffs, maybe than the Cardinals I think, for less money in Arizona. Do you think maybe it's the AFC versus NFC thing where the AFC is just a much? Oh more yeah, let crowd- me get closer to Tom Brady. No, well, that makes a lot of sense. That, okay, that, but the AFC just has so many more teams, though. I mean, you go to AFC and say, okay, let me get closer to Pat Mahomes. 
I, I guess that's a good point, but I mean, J.J. Watt was tort- tortured more by Tom Brady than Pat Mahomes. Sure, he was, but it wasn't anything like how Peyton I guess... Manning and 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 Tom Brady went back and forth or Ben. It was never like a J.J. Watt versus Tom Brady rivalry. I don't know if this if the Texans ever played the Patriots in the playoffs. They did, I maybe believe, once. Year, yeah. yeah, maybe once. But I, I also saw today that a text J.J. talked about a text that he sent to Kyler Murray saying, I believe in you. And so anyone out there talking about possible trade rumors of a Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson to get the Houston Big Three in, in Arizona reunited, that's not going to happen because J.J. Watt wanted to go to Arizona because he believed in Kyler Miller, Murray's ability to lead. And I got to say, again, kudos to J.J. Watt because I haven't seen really anything that has proven to me in these two years of Kyler Murray's career that shows to me that he's a, a real leader or a guy that can lead a, a team through the playoffs because, yeah, Arizona was hot through the first eight weeks, and that was capped off by that Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins over Buffalo. But after that, I think that the Cardinals lost, what, six of their last seven or something like that. So, But J.J. Watt believes in the team, and so if you put up J.J. Watt, I mean, we've talked about this when that first initial uh, report came out that he was not going to be resigning with Houston. It was, which J.J. Watt are you going to get if you bring him on to whichever team you're talking about? Are you going to get the J.J. Watt from 2012 to 2015? Are you going to get the J.J. Watt from 2016 to 2019? It it depends. But regardless, you're getting a leader. And if your leader, uh, who the team has just unretired the number 99 for, if you're going to bring him in and he's going to say Kyler Murray is our leader, that's got to be a big, big, big confidence booster for Kyler Murray. Absolutely. And, and real quick here, I just saw this on Twitter. Um, Jeremy Fowler just tweeted this about 10 minutes ago about this situation. Um, and, and for any like Steeler fans, like, oh, were, were the Steelers involved with Watt? They definitely were. And this is from Jeremy Fowler. The Steelers were definitely in the mix throughout with J.J. Watt, who would have welcomed playing with his brothers Derek and T.J. per a source. But the Cardinals took a clear advantage in the final days, and Pittsburgh has much to figure out with their cap deficit and Big Ben's contract. So, I mean, as we all thought, that's kind of the reasons we all three originally thought he wasn't going to land there. But Jeremy Fowler, I mean, at least it's good to know that the Steelers were in the mix for him and they were aggressive to, you know, maybe try to bring him in. But at the end of the day, like we keep saying, like they didn't have the money. And I don't know, if I'm J.J. Watt... um, I mean, I don't know if I would have picked Arizona over those other teams, but at the same time, you're playing with a young team and an explosive offense. And, and me personally, I, I I like Kyler Murray. I think, um, you know, he's kind of defying the 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 logic of a lot of NFL scouts that he's too small or that he, he runs too much or whatever it is. Because I think he's, a, you know, I'm not saying he's a super. He is a superstar. I'm not saying he's a, well, you know, not yet. Uh, if he has another good year, I think he can be. His brand is a superstar. Yeah, and his the way he plays football translates well to that sort of thing. But if he has another good year, they go to the playoffs next year. And I mean, That's I don't think he's got to go to the playoffs. Yeah, he does. I mean, I they think collapsed this year. They did. Right? They time. did. Um, and I think a lot of that maybe is, is the head coach. I don't think the head coach is that Kingsbury's great. Kingsbury's got a lot to prove. I'm really, really relieved. It's great to hear that JJ texted him that he likes him and not like, "Hey, you suck, man." <laughs> yeah, like, sure. Hey, bro. Welcome to our. Nice to be on your team. You suck, man. This is my team. Of course he's going to text them that. Of course he's going to say, hey, you're great. And then they could trade him tomorrow. That could be all part of their diabolical plan. I don't know. But the reason I brought up before how it's coming out the Colts and the Browns had bigger offers for J.J. Watt, I'm interested to see if that's bigger in total and less in guaranteed money because 
how the Cardinals were kind of not on anybody's radar, I, I thought what happened was they just dropped an offer on the table that he that could was not huge, refuse. Yeah. Like, because two years, thirty-one million with twenty-three million of that guaranteed a is lot. a huge offer. That's almost fifteen point five, or it is around fifteen point five yeah. million dollars a year for JJ Watt. And I thought he was going to land more around ten or twelve million dollars a year, whatever contract that he got. So it's a lot of money. And I thought maybe Arizona just was like, "Hey, we're going to outprice the entire market." And kind of like when you're playing Madden or MLB the Show, and you just turn off the budgets and you just can go wild, and you're just like, "Yeah, I'm going to sign everybody I want by just overpaying for everybody." I'm, I think the Cardinals might have overpaid here a little bit. Yeah, maybe, and and, and it pays off if you make the playoffs. Sure. But- and I mean, I think that that Watt makes uh, their defense better. Um, you know, I know that we've said all along that Watt isn't that same player that he was, you know, five six years ago. But he does make their defense better. I mean, I think uh, Arizona was definitely aggressive, and maybe they did overpay and guaranteed money for Watt. But when you look at it, I mean, when you add that type of guy to, I mean, their their defense was probably a step or two above average last year. I think I saw they were like top fifteen in a lot of the major categories. I mean, a lot of times they were like 13 or 12 in a lot of the categories defensively. So, you know, you add a guy like J.J. Watt, that's only going to make you better. I mean, there's no question about it. They get after the quarterback pretty well. And, you know, as we said, J.J. Watt may be a one-trick pony now, but his one trick is getting after the quarterback. And, you know, that can only help a team that, um, you know, is pretty half-decent in the defensive side of things. And um, I don't know if this makes them a Super Bowl contender or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it makes them – um, a, I don't want to say a sure playoff team, but about as sure as you can be in that tough division. Well, I think a ton of people are acting like this move put them over the top to Super Bowl. Contender. I don't think it. Maybe not, that's not the Super internet Bowl. way. Not Super I've Bowl. I've seen yeah. that everywhere. Like, oh, this. No, I'm not saying I haven't amazing. seen that. I'm just, I'm saying, in my opinion, it no, make it's them not. A Super Bowl contender. I still think they're. What? Let's really, let's really boil down what happened here. They overpaid for a guy who's past his prime, who had five sacks last year when he played all 16 games. Granted, on a crappy team, he's going to not have as much attention next year with Chandler Jones opposite of him. But the team collapsed last year. And how much of an impact is J.J. Watt really going to come in? Is he going to get the two extra, three extra wins for them that will get them over that hump and get them into a playoff spot? No, I don't think so. No, probably not. You don't think they're a playoff team now? I, eh, They're tough because I kind of before this thought they might sneak in the playoffs. I forgot so. what we said a couple of episodes wow, ago when we, when, we, when we boiled down. The, I know I had the them as a playoff team. I know they're not as good as the Vikings. Too, yeah. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Well, that much I think right with now. Kyle Rudolph leading, that makes Minnesota oh, yeah, guaranteed huge, to not make the playoffs. Yeah, that's a for huge sure. Loss. They're going to really feel that one. <laughs> but they're definitely on that fringe of a playoff team. I can see them sneaking in. It'd be three teams from the West getting yeah. in, though, because I think the Locks are the Rams and the Seahawks. And I think the Rams and the Seahawks are better than the Cardinals are still. Maybe the Cardinals can beat them once at their home place, but I the still NFC think West games throughout the regular season are always competitive. The, There's the never one team that sweeps. The Niners are going to be tough too next year. They, Depends on who's their quarterback. Even if it is Jimmy G, they're a year off a of Super Bowl. They were they're going to lose they Richard Sherman also. Ra- he's old. They were ravaged by COVID this year. Maybe more so than any team in the league. Maybe and not Philadelphia. It's, it's Philadelphia and San Francisco. Yeah. I think it's San Francisco. They were decent to start the year, too. I just think there's still a lot of talent on the team. So I wouldn't think that they would make the playoffs, but they're going to be a tough team. They could could beat the Cardinals. That's what I said. I think the NFC West, there is no team that's always a guarantee. I mean, for a time, it was was Seattle. Sorry. But uh, now with with L.A. and Seattle or and San Francisco. It was Arizona for a while, too. Arizona was crap for a while. 
No, I meant that that locked up that division. Oh, that oh Seattle won. just had it no matter what in their back pocket for like the for like three or four years. Yeah, when, when they were when Sonic of Boom, yeah, right, yeah. And the Legion of Boom was there. But now it's kind of anyone's game. It's anyone's division. And I think how we talked about Cincinnati being a problem for AFC North teams to kind of add wins, and we talked about similarly in the AFC South with the most likely pairing of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, that's not a guaranteed win anymore for teams like Indy in, in Tennessee. I don't think there's any guaranteed winner coming out of that division in the NFC West. Let me float this by you, Kellen. You can answer this first. What if I told you after draft day when the Falcons take Justin Fields and let Matt Ryan walk, he ends up in San Francisco? Does that change your tune at all? Has the Cardinals become the fourth best team in the division, if that's the case? Well, what was what was the Falcons' hey, record? Hey, Sorry, I said you Kellen said come first. first. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I don't know, dude. Like, I think I think originally, like, just to throw this point out there before you say that that Matt Ryan ends up as a 49er in this hypothetical. Um, <laughs> Wild I would, hypothetical. I would be willing to say that that's probably one of the toughest, if not the t- toughest, division in football. If that happens for sure, even if um, it doesn't. Even I mean. if it doesn't, I think it still is. And and you know, it's kind of tough to say that. You know, I think to at least two, maybe all three of us had three playoff teams coming out of that division. Yeah, and that's, at least two. That's not a normal thing. That doesn't happen all the time. With the Rams being a legit Super Bowl contender in our eyes. And I think I think, I think yeah, in Seattle I, maybe. I probably. think they're trending in that direction. Is, is Russell LA. Wilson? It's always probably, possible. Yeah. Um, but if that did happen, um, I mean, it would be a. I think it'd be hard. I don't know if you could convince me that any of those teams are like the best because the next team is right behind them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's exactly. such a tough division that I don't know if there is. A, there's not a bad team there, and they might be the fourth best team. But that fourth best team might be like nine and seven or eight and eight. eight, and eight. Like, and that's not bad, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could be right there, but you know, who knows? Maybe Seattle takes a step back next year and. And I know we're going to talk about Russell that's the Wilson, one, right? Like that's the team you circle and say they could definitely they could. take a step back. And I mean, you got to think about Russell Wilson here. Like all these teams, especially in their division, have good defenses. And now JJ Watt's going to be coming after him in Arizona. He's probably thinking to himself, like, dang, what what, what do I got to do here? Like my division, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is only getting tougher. Um, you know, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to leave or anything like that. But you know, that's an uphill climb when you yeah. got to play those defenses week after oh, week yeah. and twice a year. It gets a little tough, that's for sure. And to that point, Kellen, too, how you said J.J. Watt's going to be going after Russell Wilson two times a year now. Uh, And and the meetings that we've talked about between Russell Wilson and and head of management or the front office, you know, his biggest concern was his protection. And you say, well, you guys don't want me to be protected properly, and now you have J.J. Watt coming after me. That could create a little bit more trouble in paradise. But to answer Tom's original question about Matt Ryan – I mean, last three years. He's the itching to get back to Kyle Shanahan, man. I guess so, but. MVP season. Oh, he can taste it. So close to winning that Super Bowl. Only one winning season. Granted, Kyle Shanahan wasn't always there after that Super Bowl win, or Super Bowl loss, rather, but only one playoff season. You saw season. Matt Ryan as an MVP ever in his career. What, was no he one, even right? deserving of the MVP that yeah, year? Yeah, I think so. I don't know he was pretty he was. good that year. Do you say of an MVP? Yeah, he was pretty good. Or is I it... gotta look and see who was. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's kind of like you could always give it to Tom Brady, but I guess they just didn't want to give it to him that year. But in my opinion, if you're if you're calling an MVP pretty good, that's not necessarily he had a the great biggest year. Okay, ringing endorsement for an MVP candidate. He's the most boring the MVP, MVP of all time, no question. Probably, but yeah. he probably deserved it. I'm sure that they didn't just give it to him. 
I mean, they went. They did really well that year. They went to the Super Bowl. They went eleven and five. That's nothing incredible. That's nothing crazy. But I don't know. In, in the three years since they they lost that Super Bowl, they went to the playoffs the immediate year after, and then they went seven and nine, seven and nine, and four and twelve. So if you go four and twelve with Matt Ryan, I mean, you can't just say that. Oh, he's going to go to San Francisco and, and just become that MVP guy again. I mean, th- you're 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 saying that's going to happen. Whereas when I've tried to make the argument of, uh, I'm totally blanking on on the guy who I'm thinking of, but it's not going to wor- it's not going to work because I can't think of the name that I'm trying to trying to think of right now. Well, that's but a real shame. It is, and it's and it's upsetting. But <laughs> and I'm cracking out that I can't think of it. But you can't just say you know you got, this guy goes four and twelve on one team, but it's going to go twelve and four on another. So I don't know. I wouldn't say so that Matt Matt Ryan is any more of an upgrade than Jimmy G at this point. Now Matt Ryan four or five years ago, sure he was he was slinging it, but I mean if you can't sling it to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and 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 stack up wins, then I don't think you're that much of an upgrade against Jimmy G for the San Francisco nine San Francisco Forty ers Matt Ryan that MVP season finished second to Drew Brees in passing yards, but only by like three hundred yards. Uh, finished second to Matt Ryan in touchdowns by two touchdowns. He, Matt Ryan finished second to, Matt uh, Ryan? to Aaron Rodgers. Excuse me, to forty touchdowns for Rodgers, thirty-eight for Ryan. He had by far the best passer rating in the NFL that year at one hundred seventeen point one, a full six points ahead of Tom Brady, who finished second in that category. And he protected the ball a lot, so I, I think he absolutely. He had two it. good playoff wins on the on the way there to the Super Bowl. I remember he beat the. It was they were both at home, but he beat a. Uh, the, C- the Seattle Seahawks, and then he beat Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. I think they blew out the Packers. What a strange actually. turn this has taken. This, the J.J. Wada episode has turned into the Matt Ryan episode somewhat. But getting kind of back onto what we were planning on talking about, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, you guys brought up Russell Wilson there and how there's trouble in paradise in Seattle. I was hearing over the weekend and looking at Twitter over the weekend, and some of the numbers I was seeing as far as the dead cap hit would be to the Seahawks if they decided to trade Russell Wilson was like, up in like $63 million. And you're a team in Seattle that's just coming off of a playoff appearance. You've been to the playoffs so many straight years. You're looking to always win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. Why would you just blow up everything and send Russell Wilson packing for that kind of a cap hit? And the Texans with Deshaun Watson is like $56 million in dead cap. But with them, I can at least talk myself into it because what do you, who needs cap space when you're just tanking anyway? Yeah, I mean, Houston's going to be bad regardless of who plays quarterback for them. Um, but you're right when you when you think about it in in, in terms of the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, um, you know, I, yeah, there might be trouble in paradise there, and there there might be a little rift between Wilson and management and in the way the teams run. But I mean, let's be real, like if you're the Seahawks, you can never let that guy just walk. Like he is your franchise, and if you do cut him or you do trade him, whatever it might be, I mean, that's your franchise right there. Like you are blowing up what you've built over the last. I don't know, decade or so, um, you know, and that offense, you know, as explosive as it can be, you know, with Metcalf and Wilson and those guys, I mean, it just goes to nothing. I mean, all of a sudden you go from maybe, you know, I don't know, a top 10 team in the league to all of a sudden a bottom five team in the league without Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, Um, regardless of who's catching the ball, regardless of who's running the ball, you don't have that guy at quarterback, but you're right. I'm like, if, you could talk me into the idea of, of Watson and everything because of all the stuff that's going on there. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is just a, a little trouble in paradise for the Seahawks and Wilson. 
Um, I know that that like that cap space is that dead cap money is crazy, but I mean he's your guy. I mean you can't like I don't understand why well, everybody. Like I said it just makes no sense that there's a no, riff here. I mean like, this is someone you should move mountains for. This right. is just bad front office management at this point. I mean it's not even like like okay with Ben like you obviously move mountains for Ben because he's a franchise quarterback, but you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've had Terry Bradshaw. You've had franchise players. There's pillars in place that you could say three players that I could easily agree with are more impactful and better than Ben Roethlisberger in Steelers history, and I couldn't even make an argument for that. Seattle has no one. Brian right. Bosworth, like who are you going to bring up that's better than Russell Wilson? And I know Nobody. that people, back, I know Sean people Alexander, that are older than us it, yeah. are going to be like, oh, but no one cares. The receiver, it's Russell Wilson, yeah. and that's it. Jerry Rice when he played there for a season. No, no, no. Steve Alford, maybe that was that the receiver that played there. I don't care. And Jerry Rice did play there for a season, and he, he still wasn't as important as Russell Wilson. The man won you your only Super Bowl. You've been to three. He took you to two of them and won you the only one. Hasselback and Sean Alexander. Those two guys lost that you one. mentioned, they lost it to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. So all they did was bring you pain. So I don't understand why this guy, there's a riff. Like, I believe, he says, hey, I want to be protected more. Yes, sir, Russell Wilson, we would love to protect you more. <laughs> Anything I believe else? Carson Wentz was the biggest dead, cap, biggest dead cap hit for any NFL team ever at like 31, right? Thirty-one million, and Russell Wilson would be a sixty-one or sixty-two. It's somewhere crazy. So it'd like be that. double what already was the biggest dead cap hit taken by any team ever. There's no way the Seahawks are going to take that hit. Believe right? he's in a longer-term contract than um, Carson Wentz, Wentz, Wentz was. So yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz was the biggest dead cap hit for any NFL team ever at thirty-one or thirty-two or thirty-three. Yeah. And Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson wasn't doing double. free agent until 2024. Yeah, Russell Wilson is double that. Would have been double that hit. So I don't see any signs that would point to the Seahawks being so dumb that they couldn't keep him. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes no sense that unless unless you've been living under a rock for the past decade, there's no way you can't make the argument that Russell Wilson is the greatest Seattle Seahawk to ever live. And with Deshaun Watson. It's a completely different thing. That dead cap hit that he would possibly take when the trade uh, of north of the 50s, if it is true what I saw. Yeah, it's looking at it right now. Deshaun Watson's dead cap hit in 2021 would be $67.14 million. So that will actually become the greatest dead cap hits because and there's then no the next way he's year playing. It's $51.2 million. Yeah, there's no way he's playing this. That year. is absolutely crazy. But I absolutely think that this is something the Texans can afford to do because if you're going to trade Deshaun Watson, you might as well burn it all the way down to the ground. And who really needs cap space when you don't need to sign anybody because you want to be as bad as humanly possible? But don't you just think it's a little petty now between the Texans and Deshaun Watson? Like, yeah, I get it. You're the Texans. You don't want to let this guy walk because he's your franchise quarterback. You have him signed until 2026. (laughs) He, he's the guy. He's the best athlete in Houston right now overall. He's the face of that city. He's the face of your franchise. He's only 25 years old, and he's a top-five quarterback without question in the NFL. He led the league in passing yards this year, and he played on one of the worst teams in the league. It's hard to do. that. You know how bad the rest of the team has to be to have a quarterback that good and only win four <laughs> yeah, games? I mean, bad. that's pretty bad. So I get it. You want to play hardball a little bit because you don't want him to go, but he's not going to budge. He does not want to play another unif- a game in the Houston Texans uniform. And it's to the point where he said so much that he can't go back now. Like he can't just be like, you know what? I take it all back. I will play for Houston because then he's going to look like he was the one that broke. And I-, I just don't see that happening. So 
at this point now, it's dragging on for so long. You're just acting petty about it. Just give the man the trade that he wants, and mainly so we can talk about it on an episode and fill some time <laughs> with it because it's going to be awesome wherever he lands. I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's petty uh, on both sides. I mean, it's more petty, I think, in, in Houston. Tom Petty. <laughs> what? Oh, that's a joke. Man. Oh, anyways, I think it's more. R.I.P. It, man. Too it's, soon. It's no petty. one saw this as the end. I mean, come on. It's petty on both ends. It's petty on on Watson. I think he's kind of act, or at least in the beginning, he was acting like a child, and now at least he's made his stance and like, dude, I'm not budging. Um, at least you can respect him for that. But I think it's petty on both ends. But really, when you look at it, like if you are Houston, so what if you let the guy walk? I mean, you're going to be one of the league's worst teams. And oh, by the way, you're probably going to get three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, w- what if you get three and then you're the worst team in the league? You get another one. That's four first round picks. Would that's you Miami. That's I mean, that's what Miami's game plan was. And look how well it's worked out for them. If I was the Texans GM, I would call the Jaguars GM and Urban Meyer every single morning and say, just clean swap Deshaun for the first pick. Every single day. Just I would just throw that out there. Would Jacksonville then, even entertain that though? Uh, no, but I just would try to keep doing it and then I'd keep trying to if I if they were on the phone long enough, I'd try to keep dropping nuggets like, you know, you never know. Like you, you just never know. With Here's Deshaun, the thing, you know. Though. Deshaun's been here. He did, he led the league in passing yards. What did Trevor Lawrence lead the league in last year? Oh, nothing. He's never played in the league. Here's the thing though, between the Texans and just say, for example, the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are the pillars are the standard of the league. The Texans have been around for less than two decades the Texans have shown no signs of professionalism when it comes to treating players right but and they then, did beat the Steelers by only gaining like 70 yards in a game once okay. very tragic when Houston became was that their league. first season their yeah, inaugural season, their I, inaugural I, season. I, I remember that but I mean it it makes no sense that yes we're sitting here and saying the Texans should do this the Texans should do that but they've shown us no signs of maturity or or any signs of actual leadership that they're capable of making it a good decision, a good move. And po- case in point, J.J. Watt leaving, and that comes off of the heels without a doubt because they got rid of their uh, their best player and their best specialty player, DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you so much for listening to us on Steelers Nation Radio or for checking out the podcast at Steelers.com or wherever you get your podcast. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, as we sit here on a Tuesday, March 2nd, it is the big guy's birthday. I don't know if you guys knew that, but happy birthday to Big, big ben. ben. So yeah. when we come back on our next episode of The Standard, we're going to talk about Big Ben, his prospects for next year, and just his overall time here in Pittsburgh as what I think the best quarterback in franchise history. That's on the next episode of Steelers Standard. For Kellen Gursky and Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman. Thank you for listening.